It is by will alone I set my mind to read. It is by the juice of corn that words acquire meaning, the pages acquire stains, the stains become a review. It is at patreon.com slash sword and laser you can provide support. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world, science fiction, and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And my don't voice finally that. changed. I don't know what happened there. I got all thrown off because I, I that was my second take of the intro, and it just didn't feel and as good just, as the yeah. first one. Yeah. And so I just lost it. I lost control. Yeah, that happens. This is uh, this is why we do it live. We're professionals here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, professionals here on Sword and Laser. We are four professionals. We are professional. I'm. In, I support professionals. I'm an anti. You're anti-professional. Anti-professionalist. I'm anti-fascist. Professionalist. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's it, everybody. Welcome, new listeners. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> um, all right. So this is a podcast about science fiction and fantasy. Tom, it what is. are you eating? I am eating, well, I was eating mushroom gnocchi. Roasted oh. mushrooms in a uh, creamy no- cheese gnocchi. 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 Um, what kind of mushrooms? Yeah. Oh, just uh, what are they called? The regular With little ones, button. crimini. Crim- are Mi- they mini crimini? portobellas? Crimini and like buttons and mini portobellas are kind of the normal ones for. They're they're the mushrooms you get in the thing when you go in the wrap. Yeah, and they're yeah, like probably here crimini. are the mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, here's the mushrooms. I feel That's like crimini. Like the only mushroom crimini anyone like ever knows. thinner or something. Oh, they're smaller. But like baby portobellas or like buttons are pretty normal. Yeah, baby bella mushrooms. That's what they're baby were. bellas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're just tiny portobellas. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a great mushroom year. Have I talked about this on the show? I think you might have a, mentioned a something bit. about the mushrooms. Yeah, it sounds yeah, familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Uh, I did a lot of good harvesting this year. A lot of uh, winter chanterelles, also known as yellowfoot mushrooms, porcinis. Uh, admirable bolites, king bolites, um, which are, yeah, porcinis basically. Um, yeah, there is lion's manes around here, lion mane, um, what kind of the, the woods, what are the ones turkey that, tails. We get these ones that are huge. Matsutakes. King mushrooms. Is that what they're just called? King mushrooms? Well, there's, well, there's king bolites, but I don't know. King trumpet. That's what you're talking. King trumpet. Oh, king trumpet. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that's not something you see around here, mm. really, as far as I know. Anyway, mushrooms. Mushroom gnocchi. What did you eat? What are you nomming? I made. I made um, uh, cauliflower tacos tonight. Mm-hmm. Roasted cauliflower tacos. Uh, roasted with taco seasoning. Um, beans. That could be it too. Baked beans. Not that baked could beans. Be it. Refried beans. Meaning. Um, why your stomach feels that way. Why my stomach is a little hurdy hurdy right What now. kind of beans were they? <laughs> they were refried, refried pinto beans. Pinto, okay. Yeah. Classic, um, classic bean. And I made a crema, uh, an avocado crema mm-hmm. with like the biggest head of garlic, I like biggest clove Ooh. of garlic rather 
that I've ever seen. That reminds me, I have to share this recipe with you because it's totally up your alley. It kind of just fits with your gestalt of food. Eileen Mm -hmm. has been making this zucchini soup. Oh. It's just, it's really simple. It's onions, zucchini, um, a little bit of of, um, milk, and I think there's garlic in it maybe. I think milk or cream. Well, cream, I think, right? Okay. Yeah. I hate zucchini. Oh. I I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, this is not gonna work. Zucchini. I will not send this to you. I mean, no. it doesn't I mean, taste very zucchini because you you blend the, the zucchini, I know. right? Yeah, but, that's what I'm wondering if maybe I could get yeah, past it. But it's not like, oh, I love zucchini. I love a zucchini soup. It's just so warm and filling without being like a lot of food. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. made it yesterday. It was just, it's delicious. Oh, and she I'm put mushrooms anti- in it. Oh, okay. Mm. I'm, I'm super anti, as a, as a vegetarian, um, summer squash and zucchini mm-hmm. specifically are the bane of my existence because those are the filler vegetables that everyone tries to yeah. slide on into your burrito or your quesadilla. Like, right. Yeah, where they like, don't belong. Whatever. Yeah. yeah Whereas this, the zucchini doesn't taste like a squash soup because you're blending it up. Mm-hmm. It just, it ta- it's like a puree. It's really, I don't hate zucchini really bread. Uh, I've been asked oh, by really? Coyote Brown if I hate zucchini. I don't actually. Yeah, I don't hate it. It's because it's got sugar and stuff. It just tastes like it just tastes like bread. yummy bread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, All right. Anyway. Yeah. Science fiction fantasy podcast. Let's jump into the quick burns. Uh, Tomahome wanted us to know that the nominees are out for Goodreads, the books of the year. Uh, And so you can go and vote on your favorites. Now, there's too many for us to read all of them, but uh, I'll pick a few on the science fiction area. And Mm -hmm, then, Veronica, mm -hmm. if you could pick a few on the fantasy. Um, These aren't campaign recommendations or anything, just things that you as a sort of laser listener. No, we don't have a slate. Yeah, might know. Adrian Tchaikovsky, Children of Memory, uh, Translation State by Anne Leckie. Of course, we've read Anne Leckie before. Um, Let's see. Actually, Yume Kitase, The Deep Sky, has been on my list of things I might pick uh, for a while. Mm, Starter mm -hmm, Villain mm -hmm. by John Scalzi, System Collapse, Martha Wells. And uh, checking it out here. Yeah. That, and, and a bunch of other really good stuff. So go check that out. Anything catch your eye on the fantasy side? Yeah. I mean, we've got some, uh, some sword and laser, uh, folks that have popped up on the show before witch King by Martha Wells. Uh, we've got bookshops and bone dust by Travis Baldry, which is the next, um, the next in that series Hellbent by Leah Bardugo. Um, so a number of, uh, you know, book two in a series, uh, which is very cool. We got some Mark Lawrence on here. Always good, Brandon Sanderson. And then, as Tomahome mentioned, and that I had just noticed for the first time clicking onto this page that I was going to bring up as well, there's a new section called Romanticy, which mm. I think is very good that they have broken this out because this, I mean, I guess in the past we would have called this vaginal fantasy. So, Romanticy is probably a more I mean, I think they're cowards for, for not using they're the cowards. actual they're name, absolute but cowards. Sure, whatever. Um, but there's all of the, all of the books that I have just been really digging into recently. We've got your fourth wings here. We've got, uh, the, the ashes and star curse King series, uh, by Carissa Broadbent, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, we've got, let's see, um, fire in the flesh. Uh, let's see the coven, all sorts of stuff. So 
if you like romance and you like dragons and fantasy and probably a magic academy here or there, this is going to be your section. My instinct in seeing Fourth Wing on here was to think, well, that should go right into fantasy. Why keep it in romanticy? But then I immediately recognized that that gut reaction sort of is insulting to the romanticy category. It's a perfectly legitimate category. There's no wrong reason. Fourth wing, you know, certainly qualifies. So then the question becomes, which is it better a fit for regular fantasy or romanticy? What is that? I'm just surprised I'm not seeing like one dark window in here or two twisted crowns or like there's a lot of other books that I feel like could have been in here this year. But also where's bromanticy? What do I know? (laughs) Yeah. Where is the bromanticy? Where is the bromanticy? Excellent question. I would like to, I guess it's just romanticy. romanticy. It's just romanticy. It's a subsection of romanticy, I suppose. And of course, as, as Coyote Brown mentions, uh, scromanficy, scrow, (laughs) scromanticy. Scromancify. Yeah. Scromancify. I don't want to read that. Scrotum. <laughs> it's just all Sounds like very scrotum. detailed science descriptions. No, love thank it. you. Love uh, it, love it, no, love but it. Serious question, though. Do you think Fourth Wing belongs better in romanticy or fantasy? Romanticy. Yeah. That's a, that, it's that kind fits. of, it's, it, I feel like I, it's, I can't it's become like the linchpin. Pin of the new it's romanticy. It's the standard bearer now. It's the the cornerstone, perhaps. Some may not enjoy me saying that. I am yeah. burning through <laughs> Iron Flame right now, which is the second huh. in the series, and I am. It is great, and it I'm certainly it. <laughs> has all the romanticy elements when I think mm-hmm. about it. But then it also has like very strong fantasy elements. But that just means it's a really strong romanticy, I guess. So there you go. Yeah. So that's good. I, I think I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, breaking out this category into something into something separate. And I think it's always good to to learn and grow and evolve as as things change. The crossover, the shifting book world, romance and fantasy. And then uh, Seth says, "Here's Amazon's best of 2023. The SFF books are among the overall top 20. Our fourth wing and mm. the just released the future. You know, fourth wing is its own special." category in a way, because I know people who know nothing about science fiction and fantasy who kn- have heard of fourth wing. It's a, it's cause it's a phenomenon. It's like a, it's and like it's a all over TikTok, TikTok phenomenon. Yeah, it's a exactly. YouTube, book talk, mm-hmm. book talk, you, YouTube talk, you book tube. Iron Sorry, flame. I, the name of- I went into an actual Barnes and Noble uh, a couple times recently oh, fun. and mm-hmm. iron flame dominates the like main floor when you walk in it's like here's iron flame here's all of iron flame get iron flame like as if you need more than one of them too yeah (laughs) yeah it's uh it's crazy did you hear about the misprint thing no yeah so that's our next one from harry b uh the new york's times published a profile of fourth wing offer rebecca yaros said it was hard for me to ignore since it takes up two full-size pages of the Dead Tree version of the newspaper. In addition Mm. to diving into her medical and military family background, the article states the novel's runaway success stems in part from the boom in romanticy. And then uh, Harry asks, is this a word (laughs) or the Times (laughs) attempt to slyly coin one? Uh, No, it is a word. Actually, I thought that had the story about the misprint. But yeah, because it's so popular... There was like a minor misprint in the first run and there the publisher apologized and is, you know, offering to replace the books and stuff, which you'd never hear of. And I'm like, no, I'd be keeping that misprint. That's a collector's item. 
I would um, be, I'm now I know, I want to know what the mistake was or the misprint was. Um, I haven't done this in a long time, but last night I found what I thought was a grammatical error in the book that I was reading. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I highlighted it, highlighted it in Kindle and submitted a note to the publisher. And did they thank you? Which is a thing you you can do. Yeah. No. No? No. It was a, it was a, a, I and I versus me scenario, like me and me and Tom or Tom and I, it was the wrong version of that. Unless they've changed the rules for that grammatical situation. Oh, it wasn't like a typo. It was uh, the the uh, edge of the book sprayed out. Miss- oh. oh, I guess there were typos too, but missing pages. It sounds like a misassembly. Yikes. Yeah. End yeah, papers in the wrong place, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 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 Quality yeah. control Well, that's, that's a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. QA issue for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Licorice says, in other news, George really is working on Winds of Winter. And uh, okay. this, this doesn't even feel like news anymore. Uh, you know, somebody uh, asked George R. R. Martin, when are you going to finish the book? And George R. R. Martin says, I'm working on it. And that, I mean, that's the summary of it. <laughs> yep. And then, it, it, oh, he began his post. He posted about it uh, a picture of him standing by a group of aliens with a caption, What everyone thinks I'm doing all day. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, is that what we thought you were doing? And then it's him <laughs> frantically writing on a post it note in front of his computer and is captioned, What I'm actually doing. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got a I got a, a text message from my friend uh, Dom about the the new trilogy from James S. A. Corey. So this is um, I was going to put this in the show anyway, but Stephen noted that the cover reveal for the first book from a new trilogy from the duo that makes up James S. A. Corey coming in August 2024. A cool discussion. The plot is from the Book of Daniel, as written by disappointing love child of Ursula K. Le Guin and Frank Herbert. <laughs> what? It runs, wait, what? It runs smoothly after the normal tech problems of a live stream and ironed out. Just tap the replay and enjoy. Oh, what? I don't understand anything in that sentence. We don't have the link. I, I, that video wasn't even working anymore, Stephen. So I took it out and I replaced it with the tour.com link uh, to the explanation ah. of the, of the new trilogy. Cause you can just see the cover reveal. Um, uh, but yeah, I, uh, f- uh Ty Frank called it the disappointing love child of Frank Herbert and Ursula Le Guin. Okay. That's a lot. I was like, yeah. wow, Stephen has some thoughts. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't feel good about saying this right now. Humanity came to a planet called Anjin, which is lost in the fog of history, but that history is about to end. The Karex, part empire, part hive, have waged wars of conquest for centuries, destroying or enslaving species across the galaxy. Now they are facing a great and deathless enemy. The key to their survival may rest with the humans on Anjin. Tom's going to read it. Then there's, oh, heck yeah. Um, Then there's affairs of the heart and, you know, actual characters and stuff. But there's your world building. Fantastic. Yeah. Indeed, it is, in fact, fantastic. Uh, and then Stephen and Tamahome both pointed out the finalist for Spiffbo 9, the self-published fantasy book organization. I think I remembered that wrong, but it's it's self-published books. Um, the finalists have been chosen, and there are too many to read, but you can go find them on Mark Lawrence's blog at mark-lawrence.blogspot.com. 
How many dashes is it? I think it's three. Three? Yeah. That's a lot of dashes. That's that's quite a few. That's more than usual. Oh, you know, I just got an email from Blogger today saying that they're going to shut down like all your old Blogger blogs. Really? So I Why? need to go figure out if I can like find my old Blogger blog or if it's even exists somewhere still. That just seems unnecessary. Right? How much like there's space on, on the a internet. Sto- on, a, on a hard drive did the Blogger spot the blogs take? I don't know. I'm holding Ev Williams responsible regardless Yeah, for my lost content. Um, all right. Well, thank you to everybody who submitted quick burns. Uh, you can do that either over on Goodreads in our quick burns section of the forums or over on Discord. We actually have a whole separate section for quick burns and barrier swords now. So you can choose where you want to post or we can just like, you know, dig through all of the Discord and find cool stuff that you're talking about, too. I have a friend who said he was at a PTA meeting. And Mm -hmm. they said, and one of the, the younger parents said, well, I don't have an email address. How do they sign up for things? I don't know. Is that a thing? You have to have an email address. The young kids are like, no, I just don't use email. I just, you just get me out, hit me up on, on WhatsApp or DM me on Instagram. You need a phone for that. Yeah. You, you can have a phone without an email address. Yeah. But really seriously, no email address. Is that a thing? Anyway, I brought it up because uh, you can send us feedback to feedback at swordandlaser.com if you have an email address. <laughs> if you have an email address. All right. Now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Terp Kristen writes, the violence in the library at Mount Char had me nope right out of it, but I was glad you guys talked about it, even if it seemed that there was less conversation than usual in the book. I was interested in the story, but just couldn't stomach the violence. I feel like we talked about that book a lot. I think we talked about it across multiple episodes, so it maybe no single conversation Mm. was very Mm -hmm. long. Mm-hmm. It was very violent. It was quite violent. It's quite That's violent. That's true. Yeah. And uh, it's probably not to my credit that the violence didn't bother me that much, but it didn't. <laughs> the thing that bothered Perhaps. me most in that book, and I don't think this is a spoiler to say, uh, is the barbecue grill. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty intense. Yeah. Or like, you know, dog violence. Yeah. Never, violence li- never like that. By dogs and against dogs. Yeah. yeah. I thought you said so. goat violence, but you said both violence. Yes, both violence. I was like, I don't both remember the violence. <laughs> it's all about the intonation. Mm. Um, and then Drake, Drake over on X said, I miss the days when wacky comments could be found by listening to older episodes. Everything's so perfect now. No more mention of ants, consuming authors, or Cthulhu. Sigh. Oh. I feel like he's I just not listening. <laughs> You just got to listen harder. It's, it's like the deep cuts now. It's like the deep, the deep cuts. That's, Man, that's where the maybe, true Maybe he's still working happening. his way through older episodes and we got really good for a while. Well, define good. I mean, tight, you know, tight. smooth. No mentioning of consuming authors. Apparently. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll work harder on it, Drake. I'm, I apologize. We'll, mm. we'll try to be weirder. I don't think we'll even need to try. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I feel you had a whole episode talking about the wires in your arm. That's true. I think, I think that's why we've I never broken good. out. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> it's quite possible. <laughs> we never broken out because of that. That's why we're Not only that specifically that's just why that we're vein only Hugo of things. Nominated. 
Yeah. It's an honor yeah, never... just to be nominated. Parsecs don't give a shit. <laughs> That's true. We want a Parsec. We're award winning. Damn it. Damn uh, it. Tamahome said, holy shoot. Trike makes it to 10,000 comments on the Sword and Laser Goodreads group. And in fact, Trike posted, this is my 10,000th comment on the Sword and Laser Goodreads group and hasn't posted since. Uh, following at number two and three Amazing. are Rob and me, me being Tamahome. Uh, I thought I'd pull a yawn and fill in a quick burn. Yeah, it actually went in the quick barrier swords, but that's it's all, but it's hey, all good. Um, it's all good. I have more comments than Tom. It's probably because I post the podcast. Oh, that's my true. guess. Also, you're just more chatty with people. I, I should talk more. Um, but yeah, congrats, Trike. Damn, that is that is something. Also, I want to note that it's hilarious because I I censored censured Tamahome by writing. Uh, he he did not write "Holy shoot," uh, but then I said that the parsecs <laughs> don't give a shit. So I just, that's like, funny. Like, what even am I doing here? The, you <laughs> censored Tamahome. Like, no, I get to say that. You don't get to say that. Not you. Uh, So that's, Tomahomey says, that's that's bullshoot. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's uh, get to the book Everybody Hates. Everybody hates it? No, I was just reading the uh, the writing style feed and and people were like really, really down on the writing style. But yeah. Oh, well, I like it. All right, I, I, we're, we're checking in on uh, Mimicking of Known Successes uh, by Malka Older. Um, and yeah, I I have finished it a long time ago. I mean, it's a very, it's a very uh, short read. Um, it's a novella, basically. So if you're listening to the audiobook like I did, it was about four hours, four and a half hours or so compared to Iron Flame, which was like 26 hours. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, and I've still got like 10 hours to go. Um, but yeah, I'll just I'll you know, I enjoyed it, Tom. So don't don't feel bad about yourself. Um, but let's let's jump into these threads. So the first one comes from Seth, who writes, Does the sci-fi add anything? He says, oh, well, since I'm asking the question, you can probably figure that my answer is no. It seems like a pretty straightforward Holmes-Watson take. I feel like the most interesting stuff that's added to the formula is the what if Holmes and Watson were Spoiler. friends. <laughs> were good, good friends. And what if Watson was just a bit more capable and interesting? Um, Yikes. The, throwing the shade sci-fi on Watson, seems like dude. it bends over backwards to be as much like 1870 as possible. There are trains with schedules that seem like they're in print and you have to pick them up to take them with you. There's no instant communications because of the atmosphere. So you get a doorman to run messages or go to the one telephone in the common room or the telegraph station. I suppose that I felt like the sci-fi setting had to be twisted so much to make it seem Victorian that might as well have been Victorian. Did you guys gain anything from the sci-fi setting that I'm missing? And the answer is no. They all, everybody else in this thread was like, you're right. The story sucks. <laughs> no, actually, that's not true. So. Dassey Dave said, I'm enjoying the story, but I do agree that the author is bending over backwards to make it more mysterious. <laughs> Chris K said, I had the same feeling. I enjoyed the story, but it could have been set anywhere. Um, I don't think anyone jumped in and, and see, I should post on Goodreads more often. No one uh, jumped go. in to defend the book. Um, so there you go. Everybody likes to well, pile Well, here on. I am on my podcast defending the book and saying that I thought the sci-fi elements were a very, I mean, well, maybe we should save this for the wrap up then because I think mm. there, because I think there's some 
clear plot points that required this setting, obviously. Um, And while I don't disagree with Seth that the sci-fi is ancillary to the mystery, this is very mm -hmm. much trying to capture a Victorian feel. I personally liked that and felt like it was its strength. Uh, it's not just an 1870s Victorian novel. It's more interesting than that. It's on Jupiter. And it's not just uh, unex- inexplicably saying, well, they just happen to use telegraphs. It's explaining it with science. Uh, and so you you can rightly look at this and say, well, you wouldn't have had to do that. But you can kind of say that of any story. Like, you don't have to have a story do anything. I liked mm-hmm. I liked the challenge of like, could we make a plausible science fiction story that captures that noir Agatha Christie mood? Uh, and I think Malka Older did it. So maybe you don't like that very much. Maybe that's not your thing. And that's totally cool. Like if you're like, mm, didn't work for me. And I think that's pretty much what Seth is saying. Um, but that just, just keep in mind, that's the selling point for me is that it's a sci-fi setting to an 1870s uh, mystery. And I uh, personally, I don't know, maybe I'm naive and, and a Philistine and too uncritical, but I thought it worked. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and of course we will, we will talk more about the, the wrap up of that, of that episode later, but yeah, I, I, it, that never crossed my mind. Interesting. Yeah, me either. Enough. I I guess it crossed my mind that I'm like, oh, this isn't the expected sci-fi story. And she very clearly was trying to tell a, you know, uh, Regency mystery in a sci-fi setting. But I never thought that the sci-fi didn't add to that. I thought the sci-fi actually accentuated that and made it more interesting than it would have been otherwise. Otherwise, it just would have been a, you know, another 1870s mystery, which is fine, too. But it's more interesting to me to have the sci-fi elements like Gail Carriger, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Her, you could say the same thing about a Gail Carriger novel. It's like, well, why did it need to have uh fantasy elements? It could have just been a Jane Austen novel. And it's like, well, sure. But then it wouldn't have been as interesting. Yeah. That's been done too. Yeah. Romanticize. Um, Jan has his delicious food thread, of course. Um, he says, thanks to a thread on Discord this month, we actually have some food recommendations from the novella to enjoy while reading. Oh, nice. One, tea, of, of course. course. Two, university scones with cinnamon, sugar, cocoa, garam masala, and or honey. Delicious. Cedar-infused fermented sorrel liquor. Um, sorrel, sorrel is a Jamaican drink made from dried hibiscus. Huh. Uh-huh. Four is laksa, which I love. I love laksa. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my favorite dishes. And uh, five cylindrical layers of protein and flavoring from a street vendor. What which, else? Which is basically like else? chicken or fish on a stick yeah, from any right? street vendor. It's just, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen um, uh, omok? Uh, it's a fish cake. Uh, f- fish cake on, on mm-hmm. a stick um, mm-hmm. that, that they sell. It's It's basically looks like layers of protein like that's true. exactly yeah. true yeah yeah so that's 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 good that's a good list their their food was a big was a big uh part of this story in many ways but the the laksa definitely mm-hmm. made me sit up and take note and be like "Ooh, nice did it make you and go order any laksa 
Um, I haven't had laksa in a long time, but laksa was one of the things that I would bring, like dried laksa is something I would bring with me on backpacking trips. Oh, yeah. Um, because it just was so nice to have like a really spicy, like like delicious umami kind of like mm. yummy, hot, spicy. I said that already. Yeah. Like, but it's <laughs> worth saying dish twice, at the end of honestly. the night. Yeah. yeah. We um, had, so it's um, one of my favorites. it wasn't spicy. I actually like spicy noodles quite a bit. Uh, but we had a, mm-hmm. a really warm udon for, for lunch today. Just like udon's not my favorite. I mm. I've tried to get into udon a number of times and too yeah, thick? I will. Yeah, it's too thick for me. Yeah, okay. I would go for a soba or a ramen over over an udon personally. I there's not a noodle I've ever met that I didn't like. So, <laughs> I mean that's true. I yeah. mean really, you can't you can't really go wrong. Um, but yeah. All right, thanks, Jan. And then why don't you take this last one on the writing style? Did you pick up on this one yet? Yeah, Ruth wrote in, uh, the writing style is perhaps more ornate and stilted than would be my ideal preference, she expostulated. (laughs) Uh, Ruth said, I was keen to read this book, even though it turns out that the author is different from Amal El-Motar, who co-wrote the previous Sword and Laser pick, This is How You Lose the Time War. However, I'm now about halfway through and I have to admit it's not really gelling for me. I like the setting, but the writing style isn't working for me. So we had the people mm. who were like questioning the setting. Ruth is door. This doorway is closed uh, for Ruth. I get that she's going for a Holmesian vibe, but it just feels forced. Not all natural and flowing. The moment that really threw me out of the story was at the beginning of chapter eleven. Um, <laughs> there was a expostulated line of dialogue, and I don't think that was the first use of that word. I'm reading in hard copy. Perhaps someone with a Kindle could do a search. Uh, I don't know about anyone else, but I've never knowingly expostulated anything in my life, nor have I ever heard anyone else expostulate. I'm not even sure I know what it means. No, I think you do, Ruth. You're using it right. Uh, I'm also not sure that Malka Ann Older knows what it means because when I looked it up, the meaning I found, expressed disagreement or disapproval, didn't seem to fit with the scene in the book. I'm not one of those purists who thinks that only acceptable way to tag dialogue is with said, and that adverbs are to be scrupulously avoided. I read classic novels. I enjoy flowery Victorian prose. However, this book feels like a clumsy pastiche of that style rather than anything more organic. And to be honest, I'm a bit disappointed. I'll finish reading it because it's so short, but if it was 400 pages, I think I might have quit long before the end. I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Oaken Oaken sort of agreed and said there were a few jarring examples, but I guess they weren't enough to take me out of the story. I think, yeah, I think there were definitely some, I agree, some jarring, jarring moments of being like, wow, that's a, that's a, you know, what, what's, what's a, what dollar, a $10 word, a $5 word, yeah. $2 bill word. But it depends on, with inflation, you know, it's how big 20, it is. Now, yeah. yeah. A $20 bill word. Um, and, but I think cause I was listening to the audiobook and the narrator has a British accent. And so it all just felt very like. Like, oh, this is someone, they work at the university. Like, this is like their whole thing. Yeah, it is a little pretentious, but this is like kind of their whole personality um, at this point in their life. And so it, it made sense to me from a character perspective. Um, and also the home, like how often do you say elementary, my dear Tom, you know, mm, in your never, daily life, yeah. you know, never. That's just, that's just her thing. We keep saying Holmesian, but we should say Doylesian because Holmes True. didn't write the I yeah, mean, Watson wrote everything. Watson, first Watsonian, if you're <laughs> going Watson, in universe. Watsonian. And Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was the author who wrote it. So yeah, anyway, uh, that's beside the point. Um, Tina said, I liked the prose, but it didn't feel Holmesian to me. And I wouldn't have guessed that was the aim if others hadn't mentioned it. 
So good, good perspectives, interesting takes. Uh, we don't all have to agree, but I, for me, I, I thought it was quite delightful. But we'll we'll wrap up more about the plot uh, next time uh, we have a podcast. Mm, indeed, yeah. I, I the writing style did sometimes take me away, I, but I but it it didn't damage my enjoyment because I knew it was there to reinforce the the period feel of it. And and I liked that tension between being old fashioned and uh, future, right? It wasn't even mm-hmm, modern. Mm-hmm. It was future. Um, it's the same people, same thing people like about steampunk, that kind of, that tension between those things. True. All right. Well, that about wraps up our episode. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who uh, participated and sent in stories or is listening live. And of course, our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. Uh, if you want to help support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Oh, and thank you, by the way, to all of you who wrote in last week to say that the podcast didn't oh, come right, through yeah. on the feed. I am not actually sure what happened. It might have been a feed burner fluke because everything went up as normal. The SoundCloud feed was fine. That's what feeds into FeedBurner, um, which is the distribution to all the different podcasting apps. That's like our one feed to rule them all kind of situation. Um, so I we refreshed the FeedBurner uh, link and it worked. And so thanks for letting us know, because I don't know if I would have noticed in a timely fashion had Tom not reached out and let me know that he saw your comments. So thank you. Please, please let us know if you ever have a problem uh, not getting the episode, but you've seen that we've posted about it. And and the person who's halfway through writing that we shouldn't use FeedBurner, yes, you're right. Uh, you can also support the show by <laughs> buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about at some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. I don't know how to change things anymore. It's been so long. I don't know how to change the system. You can send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. Uh, we are on Instagram, X, and Mastodon at swordandlaser and on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!